Welcome to Alaskwatch, the show all about Bigfoot in the great state of Alaska. I'm your host, Beans Baxter. So lace up your boots, zip up your coat, and come with me on an adventure as we explore all things cryptid in the last frontier. Hey guys, how's it going? Um, I think, I don't think my intro music played. I'm not sure what's going on with that. That was weird. It worked last week. See, that's the thing that drives me crazy about technology. When it works, it works amazing. And when it doesn't work, it does not work. Um, last week, you know, I tried the streaming thing. I did the, the intro. I thought it went well. And, uh, this week I try and try it and uh, put the put the audio on there or put the intro on there and uh, no music and um, I've got a little chat thing down here where I can like chat and and get get help and I asked them I'm like how come because the I have another video I'm going to show here in a little bit that audio works the audio on my intro didn't work and I'm like what's going on and they're like go into settings and do this and do this and I'm like I got 30 seconds before I'm going live. I don't have time <laughs> so yeah sorry about that if you're if you're Jones and to hear that intro music you can listen to the audio version of the podcast and it'll be in there and uh, there's Fred in Alaska what's up I think that's uh, Fred from subarctic Sasquatch go over there and check out his channel he's got a lot of great encounters um, Mrs. Legume is saying she didn't hear anything uh, I didn't hear it either so I figured there was probably a problem um, I don't know. It worked last week. Maybe I can only do one video uh, per per stream. I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was weird. <clears throat> All right, so um, don't have a ton of stuff to talk about today. Just the main topic. Uh, I want to remind everybody because if I wait to the very end, I'll probably forget uh, the Boreal Bigfoot Expo, June tenth and eleventh in Fairbanks. Uh, be sure and uh, check us out. Buy your tickets now. They're on sale now. Uh, there's going to be a lot of great speakers there. Uh, Dr. Meldrum's going to be there. Excuse me. Fred's going to be there. I'm going to be there. Rob Roy's going to be there. A uh, bunch of great speakers. And yeah, we get internet by dog sled. <laughs> yeah, so that um, Boreal Bigfoot Expo also here in the next few weeks i don't know when i'll get a definite um date for the release date i'm going to be on the god this is hard to say nocta vagant podcast it's uh, kind of like a book club podcast and uh, what they did was they talked about my book um the uh, port chatham book history and horror port chatham and uh, what they do is they do a podcast where they talk about the book and then they have another episode the next episode is where they sat down with the author of the book and uh, i sat down the other day and, and recorded some stuff with them and i think it turned out pretty well uh, again i don't know what they said what they're going to say in the the podcast about the book or that where they talk about themselves about the book so hopefully uh they were kind to it uh they were kind certainly kind to me uh i'd never heard of the podcast so they contacted me it's kind of like a book club and they've done some other uh cryptid and, and paranormal type books 
I think they kind of they're kind of suffering from the same thing that I suffer from. They have a cool name for the podcast, but nobody can spell it or say it, so <laughs> it's hard to find. Um, I think Alaskawatch was pretty clever, but uh, unfortunately, even though it has the word Squatch in it, uh, it doesn't really turn up in a Google search if you search for like Bigfoot or podcasts or Alaska Bigfoot podcasts. So it's kind of a kind of a, a very uh, singular name. Kind of got to know for what you're what you're looking for. Google my name, which nobody does, I'm sure. Um, I Google myself all the time. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm joking. Um, so I wanted to talk to you guys. I'm sure if any of you guys have seen the recent offerings from Small Town Monsters, uh, you know about uh, the handprint that Alex Padikoff found. Okay, I just, my video just went out. Hello, can you guys see me? Uh, connection is unstable. Awesome. Well, my internet is co-owned by dog sleds, so there's nothing I can do about it. That's great. The internet's worked great all day, haven't had any problems. And the minute I go live, it goes down. It's probably a load on the on the um, system or something. People are getting off work, starting to, everybody in my neighborhood is starting to use the internet, and I'm losing bandwidth. <laughs> okay, I think I'm back. So if you've watched any of the recent offerings from Small Town Monsters, uh, their stuff in Alaska, you've seen Jesus Christ. Am I going to have to do this again later? Okay. I'm going to keep going. I don't know how much of this you're going to get. Um, so they've uh, sent Alex out to the cabin in Alaska, and he found a handprint on the backside of the cabin. And uh, not too long after that, it was on May 16th, uh, the property owner contacted me and asked if I would be interested in coming out there and taking a look at it and seeing if I could swab it for DNA. Well, I got out there on the 24th. We actually tried to get out there sooner, but the weather was, was really bad. Um, it wasn't uh, conducive to getting out there safely. Uh, so we had to wait till the 24th to get out there, uh, but we did, and the day we got out there, I actually um, got the print swabbed, and I sent it off to uh, Doug Hijack to uh, be tested, and it says I've gone down to one viewer. I don't even know if I'm, I don't even know if this is working. Okay, now it says I'm back. All right. So do I need to repeat all of that? Was it all interrupted? Can somebody tell me if they heard that? About the cabin and going out there to swab the handprint? I got to tell you guys, I'm not digging this whole live thing. <laughs> It's just not that cool. I sure like doing just audio-only podcasts. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, I guess I'll just keep going because I don't know what's going on. I don't know what has been heard and what hasn't been. So we go out there. Uh, we get out there on May the 24th. We tried to get out there sooner. The weather was too bad. And I swabbed uh, the print. 
and I actually tried to lift it too using um, fingerprint powder and um, lifts. Uh, same stuff that I would use basically at a crime scene uh, if I was trying to lift a fingerprint from a crime scene. And um, sent it off to Doug Highcheck. And we're currently, I know some people thought that this was going to be a big announcement where I was like, oh, we got the results back. We don't. I just thought this would be a good venue for me to finally tell kind of my side of the story because I know, you know, if you just watch the small town monster stuff, you just kind of get um, little snippets of it and they show a little bit of me um, collecting the evidence and, and talking about it. But I'm going to show a video here in a little bit that I think, in my opinion, gives a really good sense of scale for where the uh, handprint was located and um, just where, where it's like in relation to a person where it is on the cabin. And uh, I think it works out. Um, it's a pretty decent video, although I, I just watched it, uh, rewatched it a little bit today and I was kind of surprised how many times I kept mentioning it. And I think probably what it was is it was kind of bothering me, but I didn't realize it until later because I say like several times like, that's the window to the bedroom I sleep in when I sleep in when I come here. I say it like three or four times and I didn't realize till I went back and watched the video. I'm like, man, I said that a lot. So it must have it must have been gnawing on, on me in the back of my mind where I was like, ooh, this is kind of creepy. Um <clears throat> so before we get into all that, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about uh the handprint. I've got some photos here I'm gonna throw up on the screen. And um Yeah, she, my wife just said she was watching. She said she missed it all. Maybe that's why it cut out. Is because you're sucking up all the internet. <laughs> I'm just messing with her. Um, so anyway, I guess I should probably recap real quick. I'm sorry. Man, the audio uh, audio only people are going to be like, this sucks. Because I keep saying the same stuff over and over again. Uh, May 16th, the cabin owner from the cabin out area a he contacted me he said hey you know alex and those guys were out here filming uh they found a handprint on the back of the cabin and uh, we'd really like you to come out here and take a look at it and that was on the 16th we tried to get out there sooner we couldn't get out there until the 24th and i got out there on the 24th and uh, i swabbed it and collected uh six swabs um i did one swab on each finger and two from the palm and I'll throw some photos up here in just a minute so you can get uh, get an idea. And I sent those off to uh, Doug Highcheck. And the reason from and this is what I understand. I haven't officially been told this, but from what I believe and what I understand, the reason I haven't been tested yet is probably because I'm assuming Doug is waiting for. Um, Sasquatch Legend Meets Science Part 2 to begin filming. And I'm assuming, again, this is my assumption, that he is going to use some of the budget from that production to get the samples tested because it's pretty expensive to uh, to get that kind of test done. So I'm hoping, uh, I believe maybe this fall is when it's supposed to start. I'm hoping that um, we get some results, maybe this fall, this winter. Uh, and then again, uh, even when he does get them, I don't know when we're going to be able to share them. Uh, they might, uh, that might be something they want to, uh, hold on to until the, uh, the production's released, uh, you know, for, they don't want spoilers to get out. So we'll see. 
Yeah. My wife said she did a speed test and we're good. I don't know what the problem is. Uh, my laptop is connected. Everything seems to be good. I don't know. Maybe it's probably StreamYard. Maybe they're mad at me because I asked for help and then told them it was too late. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're like, cut his feed. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, let's throw some photos up here. huh? Let's do that. All right. Uh, let's do it this way. It's a bigger picture. Okay. So this is the this is the photo of the handprint that was found on the back of the cabin. Uh, you can see here there's four fingers, and you can't really see the thumb. I know it looks like it's kind of cut off, but uh, there's nothing up there. There's there's no thumb visible, uh, and you got a pretty good palm print here. And this particular photo, this was. Um, I lightened it a little bit. I'm sorry, I darkened it a little bit so that you could see the um, the print a little bit better. It had actually faded a little bit. Uh, like I said, it was found on the 16th. I got out there on the 24th. Um, you know what I should have added to the slideshow was some uh, untouched photos of the print. That way you could see what we were seeing when I got there. But like I said, I darkened this photo a little bit so you could see the uh, residue left by the handprint. And I wanted to talk about that a little bit. So see how it's kind of a white, a white residue. I mean, this is the handprint. This is, even though the photo has been light and I'm sorry, darkened, this is the handprint. There's no fingerprint powder. There, there's nothing on there. That's just the straight up print. And this is what Doug Hycheck refers to as um, Alba Varnix. And I'm going to get into that just a little bit here. Uh, Alba Varnix. Hold on just a second. Is basically the white, dusty kind of print residue that is associated with a lot of uh, alleged or sus suspected, I guess is a better word, uh, Bigfoot handprints. And it's kind of like a oily residue that's left. And from what I understand, uh, Shelly Covington, Montana, is the person that, that coined the phrase Alba Varnix. Uh, I think it a pack, uh, mean, I think it's maybe it's Latin. I think it means something like white, uh, waxy oil or something, or white oil. And I guess they wanted to differentiate it a little bit. And in my opinion, this is my opinion. I think they jumped a gun a little bit by, by giving it its own name, calling it something else. Personally, I would have went ahead and called it sebum. And what sebum is, is, uh, take your, take your thumb and, uh, put it on your nose like this, like I'm doing here, just on the side of your nose and slide it across your nose and then look at your finger. And if you see, like an oily residue there, that's sebum. That's basically just um, oils and uh, waxes that are produced by your body. Uh, Dave says he missed it. What's the what's that print on? So that print is on the back of a cabin that's out in the middle of nowhere, Dave. Uh, this is out. You can't drive to it. You got to get there by by boat. 
Uh, it's in the middle of nowhere. And this is on the back of the cabin. I'm going to show a video here in just a little bit that's going to give you an idea of where that's located on the back of the cabin. It's actually about almost six foot off the ground. So, yeah, we're going to we're going to show a little video here in just a minute. It's going to it's going to give you a better um, better idea. But uh, for now, I'm talking about <clears throat> the white kind of waxy substance there, uh, the Alba Varnix. Uh, I was saying, personally, I kind of think they jumped the gun by giving it its own name. Uh, I like the idea of just referring to it as, as sebum, which is the oil that humans produce, uh, you know, people that kind of have greasy skin. Uh, it's basically sebum. And um, here, here's, a, here's interesting things I learned because I was reading up on, on uh, sebum today. And, uh, you know, you see a lot of these alleged uh, Alba Varnix handprints, you know, the things that get touched, cars, houses, windows, you know, usually smooth, shiny surfaces. And honestly, some of those, I'm, I'm pretty confident that a large majority of those are probably human prints uh, that just get dust stuck to them. Uh, for example, one night, several years ago, I was out in uh, the swamps near Falk, Arkansas, I drove out there, uh, found a, a secluded place to park out near uh, one of the boat launches. And, you know, I, I couldn't really, I didn't really have the means to get out and walk around in the woods. I mean, it was, it was in a swamp, so, you know, I didn't have a boat. So I thought, well, I'll just hang out here. It's warm. You know, I'll sit out here for a little while, listen to uh, the animals, see if I hear anything, maybe do some recording. And I sat out there for a while <clears throat> and... I had gotten at one point I got out of my car and I had a rental car and I got um, I got into my trunk for something. I was getting my recorder out or my thermal. I don't I don't remember what I was getting out. But I got in my trunk and got my gear out, did my thing, was there for a few hours, uh, drove back to my hotel room, and of course these are gravel like dirt roads. Um get back to the hotel uh, and park my car, get out and walking into the hotel. I, I walk behind my car and there's two handprints on the back of my trunk. And it kind of freaked me out for a minute. Uh, but then I realized I'm like, well, those are my handprints. So what had happened is I put my own oils on the trunk when I was messing with it. And then when I drove through the dust, the dust adhered to the oils and that's what I got, but it, it was kind of, you know, one of those little moments where, oh, what is that? You know, like, oh my gosh, you know, something was behind my car. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is the cabin by the, by the lake and the, the small town monsters. And also I have several videos on it as well. We call it area a, uh, that's kind of the, um, the working uh, name for it, I guess. We were like, we're going to come up with a better name. And then here we are. So anyway, that was kind of my, my thoughts on that. Uh, here's something that's going to kind of make you go, hmm. So this, um, this white waxy substance, this albivarnix or sebum, if you will, I'm personally, I think we should call it sebum because I don't think we're to the point where we should differentiate it from, from human oils. I think, I mean, oily skin, right? <clears throat> uh, but this, uh, 
sebum, if you guys, guess what, guys, guess what causes an overproduction of sebum in humans? Hormones can. So, like, when you're going through puberty or if you're pregnant, you can get an excess of sebum. And a lot of people, there's a lot of speculation out there that a lot of these handprints are left by possibly juvenile Sasquatch. Maybe that's this is kind of their rite of passage. They got to go up. They got to they got to touch the house. They got to touch the car. It's uh, kind of a you know a test maybe or a rite of passage uh, or even you know I've talked about this before. I thought I was the first person to come up with this, but then I heard somebody else mention it. So I realized I wasn't the first. Uh, but if you're familiar with <clears throat> Native American culture, they would have a thing called counting coup. Uh, a lot of the tribes in the Midwest, I think, was it, I believe, specifically the Cheyenne. I don't know. I always, every time I say something like that, I always get it wrong. Uh, but that name kind of got, um, it kind of got taken and, and, twisted around to mean basically you're taking revenge, you're counting coup, you're getting revenge. Uh, but initially what that really meant was you were getting close enough to the, to the enemy to touch them without hurting them. Like you just walk up to your, to whoever you were fighting and just kind of pat them on the back or smack them with your stick, but you wouldn't really hurt them. You were just showing that you were, you had enough medicine that you could get up to them close and touch them. And, uh, I kind of think about that every time I hear about someone talking about uh, Bigfoot slapping a cabin or, or touching something, you know, some, something like that. And people say, well, they're, maybe they're curious. And I'm like, well, are they curious or is this some kind of a, is this some kind of a, a, a thing that they do to, to show that they have, you know, the cojones, you know, to their tribe that look, you know, I've got good medicine. I can touch this, uh, I can touch this human shelter. Nothing's going to happen to me. Um, I, I'm going to get to Dave asks, um, what's the size and scale of the print. I'm going to get to that here in a second. That's going to be in the video here. I watch or I, I play. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's, it's not outside of the human range. And in fact, uh, we're going to get into it here a little bit more in a minute, but it's, it's either, it's either human or it's Bigfoot. There's no other explanation for this, but we'll, we'll get that into a little bit more. I want to touch on a little bit more about sebum and, uh, albivarnix. Um, before I forget. So guess what, guys? Guess what else um, I learned about sebum and uh, in, in talking about the production of sebum when you're talking about like uh, having an excess of oil on your skin. Obviously, a lack of bathing, but, you know, we'll, we won't mess with that one. Let's talk about some other stuff. Do you know what causes an excess production of sebum besides hormones and that's your diet and guess what kind of things in your diet can produce excess amounts of sebum uh, polysaturated fats and that means things like fatty fish uh, cold water fish you know not necessarily salmon but uh, mackerel and some tr kinds of lake trout uh, also uh, nuts different kind of nuts can cause an excess of um, sebum to be produced if you eat enough of that and you know just hearing that when i think about that i'm like well geez those are probably exactly the things i would expect a bigfoot to eat in the woods 
those are the kind of things that an animal living in, or a creature living in the woods uh, would be consuming. So, I mean, that's food for thought, literally. Something to think about uh, when you think about this, this albivarnix, this excess produced oil on their, that, uh, that they leave when they touch something. Uh, here is, <clears throat> it's the same picture, but I went ahead, I labeled it just so you could get a little bit uh, better of an idea. Actually, they're on finger one. You can actually see the dermal ridges. There's actually dermal ridges on there. Also, you can't really see them as well in the photo, but here on the palm, there was dermal ridges as well. Excuse me. And, you know, I looked, and this was interesting. I, I found in researching this, I thought I would be able to just Google like the differences between ape and human dermal ridges and I would get a picture of like a chimpanzee or gorilla or, or something hand or finger and a human one right next to each other. And it turns out I don't think anybody's really done anything like that. Um, at least not that I found in the like 10 minutes of show prep that I did today. That's kind of a joke. <clears throat> But not entirely. Um, you know what I did hear about, though, in all of my research about animals and fingerprints and human fingerprints was the animal with the, with the most human-like fingerprint, that means the, the fingerprint that's most likely to be confused with a human, uh, was a koala. Koala. Yeah, koala. Uh, and I thought that was kind of interesting because you would think, like, well, you know, wouldn't like gorillas and, and chimpanzees have similar hands too? Uh, but all the information I saw said that koalas have the most human-like fingerprints. In fact, to the point where they've been confused with human fingerprints at crime scenes. Which, why there's koalas crawling around Australian crime scenes, I don't know. But I find it weird that that information's out there. Like, oh yeah, koalas have really human-like fingerprints. But there's no information out there that really says, well, this is why ape fingerprints or chimpanzee or gorilla fingerprints are different than human. Uh, again, like I said, I didn't do a super deep dive into it, but I did look into it and I'm like, why can't I find this information? It should be, I would think, pretty easily available. Because uh, I was thinking, I, I really wanted to compare these dermal ridges to human dermal ridges. And I want to say they, I mean, I mean, though some of you know, I, I hate, I hate like pounding this drum all the time. Some of you guys know I worked in law enforcement. Uh, you know, I've taken fingerprints from crime scenes before. Uh, I've done some work with human fingerprints. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not an expert. Like I, I don't. I can't look at two fingerprints and say, oh, that's a match or that's not. That's for the crime lab. That's what they do. My job was to collect the evidence, send it off to them for analysis. <clears throat> so I wanted to look um, at these fingerprints and I wanted to compare them to primate dermal ridges, well, ape dermal ridges and human dermal ridges. Uh, people are going to argue that humans are apes. I agree, but, you know, for... For uh, brevity's sake, we'll, we'll use those terms. 
and I want to say, just looking looking at like the dermal ridges here on on like finger one there, you know, f human fingertips seem to have a little bit more of the swirl pattern, and these seem to be kind of straight across almost. And uh, I don't know. I just it, it drives me crazy because I I wish I could just get a, a definite answer. Uh, Alex Petikov actually sent these off to someone. Uh, he may talk about this a little bit more in his video. I think I think he does. Who initially said like, "Oh, that's a human print," and then he uh, or no, they said it was bear. I'm sorry, they said it was a bear print, and uh, he was like, "Are you are you crazy? Like that's that's either a person or, or something a Bigfoot. That's not a bear. Uh, bears don't have dermal ridges. You know, they have pads." But uh, the fact that, that somebody, and I can't remember, I don't want to call the guy out. I don't even remember his name to, to call him out. But he was some kind of a, a academic that uh, specialized in like dermal ridges or something or, or primate uh, morphology. I, I don't remember exactly. But uh, yeah, he was, he sent me that message like, yeah, this guy says it's a bear. And I'm like, <laughs> and he like sends me like his, his like credentials, you know, like the guy's like faculty photo at the school he teaches at and stuff. And I'm like, that guy's, that guy's a more, but he was a little old. So I think Alex said maybe he had some problems like blowing up the, the photo to look at the dermal ridges or something. But anyway, I, I don't want to, <laughs> uh, it was just, it was crazy. I don't see how anybody could look at that and think it was a bear. Uh, and I think that's, I mean, that's, you know, it's human or it's Bigfoot. I don't I don't know what else it could be. Um, given where its location is behind the cabin and how high up off the ground it is, you know, I'm 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 hesitant to say that it's hundred percent human. Uh, it is within human range, but I, I feel that it's it's kind of a which I have see my how slender my my fingers are. I have uh, small fingers. My hand's big, but my fingers are small and slender. Uh, and it's it's bigger than my hand. Um, but yeah, are you guys you guys want to see the the video of the scene? And I'll go ahead and get that running. I think it's about three or four minutes long. And uh, this was taken uh, the day after I uh, swabbed it. So you're gonna see where the handprint is. You're gonna see some black. Um, fingerprint powder. I'm going to use that as a reference and uh, I'm going to use the camera a little bit and uh, show you like, okay, this is where the print is. It's this high off the ground, all this stuff. So let's go ahead and play that. And <clears throat> yeah, that's um, hopefully that gives you a little bit better idea of where that was located. Uh, like I said, it was pretty high up on there. It was kind of a weird place for for a handprint to be uh, the only thing, you know, the only rational thing that I can come up with as far as why it would be there would be somebody put it there while they were maybe installing the gutters or that. If you notice that contraption over to the left there, that's like a rain. It captured the gutters, capture the rainwater and bring it down through that little, that little contraption there and filters it. And it goes into the water reservoir down there. But even still, if somebody, if a human put their handprint there, 
her hand there. I mean, they were working on the gutters, which is up higher. I don't, I don't, it doesn't make any sense. Why, that's like the halfway point between up where the gutters are. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. And then it would have to sit there and survive uh, through an entire winter. So it would have to be well over a year old at that point. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it could, I don't know what it could be. I don't know why it's there. Oh, there's Selkirk Green Sasquatch. Hey, bro. What up? There's old Marshall. Me and Marshall spent quite a many nights out in the field. Uh, it's good to see him in here. He's got some awesome stuff on his uh, YouTube channel. If you go over there and check him out. Um, I've definitely uh, talked about his channel before. He's got the uh, documentary with uh, me and Will uh, on my trip just last year into uh, Stevens County and the Selkirk Mountains. So check that out. But yeah, as far as the handprint goes, I, I don't know uh, what's uh, what's going to come of that. I, I really, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. And I actually talked about this in my, in my book, Squatch Cop, about when you collect evidence. Um, you know, two is one, one is none. Always maybe, you know, squirrel one away for a, um, squirrel one away for a rainy day. And uh, if I had known then what I know now, I probably would have kept a couple of those so not those swabs, but I would have got a couple of extra swabs and uh, just maybe uh, between myself and, and the owner of the cabin and maybe Alexander or small town monsters, we got to come up with uh, the money to get them tested. Probably not as thoroughly tested as they're going to be by Doug Highcheck, but it would have been nice to get, you know, I want, I'm like a typical American. I want gratification. I want answers now. I don't want to have to wait. Uh, but they say, you know, good things come to those that wait. Uh, Dave just said he did a, a test to lean against the wall to look in the window, naturally put his handle over to keep his balance. Yeah, I, that's kind of that's kind of what I think. Um, I wish I'd had somebody else there with me so I could have like, because I think if I remember correctly, I tried to set the camera up and do that. Like I tried to like, oh, this is what I think it was doing. Uh, but because it's such a steep uh, grade, I mean, like basically once you step away from the, the cabin, it just, it just goes up, you know, it's just a hill. And uh, I couldn't get my camera set up to where it would like sit still. I, I couldn't, even with the tripod, I couldn't get it really where I wanted it. Uh, so I ended up having to pretty much hold it the whole time. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, it's an interesting find. And, you know, they did a couple of tests where they made some hand, they made their own handprints on the cabin. Uh, and those things, they were gone within you know, hours. And it would have been curious though, to see like maybe after you're there for a couple of days, you haven't showered, uh, you run your hand through your hair, get it really good and greasy and then slap, slap your hand on the, the siding and see how long that lasts. But again, I, I don't think it would last that long. That thing, the, the, the handprint that they found, I think was probably there. Um, was probably made not too long after they got there. I don't remember what day they got there. It was found on the 16th or no, I'm sorry. They contacted me on the 16th. Uh, but I think it was probably, um, I think it was probably, uh, probably a week or two old, probably by the time I got to it and you could still see it. You could see it with your naked eye. You just couldn't see the definition, uh, like you can in the, um, the photos that I darken, you know, you could still, you could still see it. You just couldn't see it that great.
Uh, it's about, it was about seven inches or more, I would say, from palm to the tip of the longest finger. But uh, it definitely looks, I mean, it looks human-ish. So who knows? I, if it is human, I would be curious to know how in the hell it lasted that long. Uh, I would think that it would, um, through the elements, because the only time it would have been placed there, unless it was, which I don't think it was a hoax at all. Um, but the only time that I could realistically imagine that a human would put their hand there would be when they were installing the the um, gutters and that rain filtration system, which I was there for and I assisted with. Uh, of course, I can't remember. I can't go back and say, well, I don't remember. You know, I remember so-and-so put his hand there at that certain time. I mean, I don't remember that. That was, I mean, we were working on the cabin. We weren't like, you know, we weren't taking, taking inventory of everything we touched. But it's crazy to me that if somebody put their hand there, which doesn't really make any sense if you could see where it is, because it's right in the middle of the wall, that it would set there and persevere an entire year, a winter, and then into the summer and still be there and it was more vibrant you could see it better when alex found it versus when i got there so that that was that's what makes me think it was more fresh uh you know like it had been done maybe not too long after alex and those guys got there uh because it did seem like it was fading as the days went by yeah marshall says uh his hands about seven inches Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Uh, I don't think Marshall was in here earlier when I was talking about the oils on your hands. Uh, Marshall, when you're when you're um, producing a lot of excess oils, one of those times is uh, when you're going through puberty. So hormones can cause excess oil production. So I was kind of I was postulating maybe that some of these handprints that leaves this. It's called albivarnix, this waxy substance. Uh, maybe they're done maybe by uh, by juvenile Sasquatch that are maybe going through hormone changes. Who knows? And that's why, maybe that's why it's not that big. Maybe that's why it doesn't look like a catcher's mitt. But it's all speculation. I'm hoping when uh, Doug gets them tested, we'll really uh, get some answers, hopefully. <clears throat> I don't know what that means. I mean, personally to me, I know that if it came back and they're like, well, this isn't human. I think for me personally, that would be enough. Like that would be it. I'd be like, okay, well, they're real. That's it. I know for the scientific community and a lot of other people out there, that wouldn't be enough. But personally for me, I think it would be, um, you know, I, I followed standard evidence collection protocols. I wasn't there when they found it and it was out of the, I guess, chain of custody for a few days till I got there. Uh, but I don't understand. I don't know how you would, how it would get non-human or ape DNA or primate DNA, you know, non-human primate DNA on it from the time they found it to the time I swabbed it. I don't know. Uh, we'll see, I guess. I don't, as far as I know, I don't think there's any, uh, other primates in Alaska other than than humans so 
it's going to be interesting when those results come out. And like I said, I don't know if they're going to come out uh, before or after uh, Sasquatch Legend Meets Science Part 2 comes out. I think that's kind of what they're they're holding on to it. Personally, I this and like I said, this happened back in May and May of uh, 2022. And I wasn't going to say anything about it until I knew the results. And then um, Alex and those guys, they ended up putting it in their documentary, which I, I, I figured it out. They were going to do that. I, I, I don't know why I was thinking they were going to hold on to it. Cause I was like, man, that would be, that would be great if you could like, look, surprise. I've got, I've got the Bigfoot DNA, but I mean, I understand. Um, so I, I personally was going to keep it close to the chest until I knew what it was. But since they uh, let the proverbial, proverbial cat out of the bag, I was like, well, why not? I might as well talk about it. So, yeah, um, that uh, that's pretty much the story up to now. Uh, they Alex found it on the back of the cabin one day while they were out there filming. Um, check out Alaskan Coastal Sasquatch. I believe it's still free to watch on YouTube. Uh I believe this was found in part two, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. And you can find out, I mean, they're filming it basically as they're discovering it. Um, I think they have some, some photos there or some video where they're measuring it and stuff. Uh, there were a couple of times when they were, they were messing with it where I was like, Oh no, don't get too close to it. So, um, I don't think they contaminated it, but hopefully not. But, uh, I think we'll find out one way or the other. Hopefully, we get some uh, encouraging news. Like I said, even um, if it's not enough to convince the scientific community, I think personally for me, it would be enough to convince me just uh, with how involved I was. And uh, yeah, I almost, I, I brought, almost brought the video to um, show everybody the collection process, but it's like, it's like 30 minutes long. Cause it's just literally me. You know, I've got my, I've got a mask on and I'm, swab and i swab each finger and i swab the palms and i put i label everything and put it it's 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 cool but it's it's a little tedious and i was like no people aren't going to want to sit there and watch that so yeah so anyway if i hear anything i mean i'll definitely keep you guys posted and um i will do uh, another video on it but uh for now i guess we gotta wait but they say good things come to those who wait so let's be uh patient and see what happens um, from what I understand after the Boreal Bigfoot Expo, Alex and I might be heading back out there. So we'll see. Uh, in fact, we've got to start putting our heads together and figure out what we want to do while we're out there. Cause I've got some ideas for some stuff I want to try. Anyway, I think that's, uh, about it for tonight. I think I'm going to say, call it good. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed the stream. Sorry about the problems, but I don't understand what the issue was. My Internet seems to be working fine. It might have been an issue with StreamYard. I don't know. My wife uh, was saying the our speed test was fine, so I don't know. Maybe it was the government trying to shut me down from talking about it, huh? <laughs> we'll have to do an episode on conspiracies here pretty soon. Uh, but anyway, uh, head on over to alaskawatchpodcast.com. Uh, you can listen to all my shows over there. Uh, as well as hear about any upcoming news, events, podcasts, or anything like that that's going on. You can buy autographed copies of my books there, and I will send them to you from this room right here in Alaska. And um, 
I think that's about it, guys. Don't forget about the Borough Bigfoot Expo in June. Uh, tickets are on sale now. And once again, guys, I appreciate every single one of you. And thanks for listening to the first cryptic podcast in the last frontier.